Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by G-MIG's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome. It is Cyclone Insider here on Tuesday, July 3rd. Happy 4th of July Eve. Uh, it's the 4th holiday. That means Randy Peterson is up in Okaboji, as Pete does every year. So it's myself and Tommy Birch today. What's up, Birchy? Not much. How about you? Hey, man. Doing well. You look I'm, well. Uh, I'm ready to get out of here, though. Go and uh, do some fireworks tonight. Head on up to Iowa Firecracking. Going to blow some stuff up tonight. You bought your own fireworks? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I bought some, too. I, I'm just not entirely sure where it's acceptable for us to blow them off. I don't, I don't think we can in Des Moines, right? And I mean, we, should, we should move into a new house, so I don't want to piss off all the neighbors yet. Let's come on over the, to Bondurant. Nobody gives a crap. That's true. <laughs> you can blow up anything you want in Bondurant. Nobody cares. I saw part... There's only like two cops in town, too, so you're fine. <laughs> and they're probably lighting off fireworks. Yeah, too. I guarantee... They're, they're not going to arrest you. I saw part of the Iowa Cubs fireworks show last night, but I, I didn't stay for the whole thing because I tried to get out of there before traffic bombards me yeah oh okay so you got out of there okay man I, I figured you were like doing interviews or something no i i, I had a couple of stories kind of in the bag already okay. so yeah i don't know how that beat works especially i mean it's not You're probably really... not doing like game to game coverage I no guess. no it's more just kind of news features stuff like that you know the the cubs just got chris Coglin, kind of a veteran outfielder that's, yeah Bounced around the big leagues. Yeah, he's former rookie of the year, right? Yeah, and he won the he won a World Series ring with the Cubs. He's kind of like this giant cult hero in Cubs fans' minds, and um, they've been eagerly awaiting his arrival. And now that he's here, um, they're super pumped. So I just talked to him before the game and stuff like that. We saw Carl Edwards throw last night. You didn't see him throw well. No, no. I think zero zero point two innings, two runs, two walks. No hits, but I mean, it's kind of hard to give up any hits when you're not throwing it over the plate. He had some gas with him, like he was throwing hard, he, but he he was. I mean, the velocity is there. Command the off-speed stuff looks a little off, but you know, I think for the Cubs, the most important thing is they just want to see him on the mound. Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register, um, he does the Cyclone coverage, which we'll be tackling here for the next hour. He is also the uh, Iowa Cubs reporter. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor here on Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO, G-MIGS. They're having a big 6th anniversary celebration this week. All sorts of good stuff. Anytime between now and the 6th, you can have a fuzzy drink. So that's Fuzzy's Vodka. And you can enter into a drawing for sweet tickets at the Iowa Corn 400. And that's coming up at the Iowa Speedway this weekend. Drawing is going to be at 7 o'clock on July 6th. The race is on July 8th. Again, that's for the 6th anniversary of G-MIGS, our sponsor here on Cyclone Insider. Fuzzy Vodka is the same price as Weld Vodka that's four dollars all week. You ever had a Fuzzy's vodka? I've had. I've talked. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I think I've had some when I've been talking to Fuzzy too. Like, now that's incredible. He was handing out. Um, I think it was. I forget where I was at, but 
Um, I wasn't drinking on the job. We'll just go ahead and establish that. But yeah, you just caught yourself. Right there. <laughs> yeah. But he was he was pitching um, he was pitching samples, throwing them out there for people and and talking to people and had a little sip. It wasn't wasn't bad. I mean, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty flexible with my vodka. You just don't like it in general, do you? No, I'm I'm saying I can have. Oh, you can. I can, I can have any type of fuzzy's vodka. vodka. It's no Hawkeye vodka. I can promise you that. It's much higher quality. <laughs> the thing that you're doing when you buy Hawkeye vodka, you're not buying the the quality. You're buying the quantity. This is with true. those big handles. Um, we are eventually here in the show. We're going to talk to former Cyclone George Niang. He is um, going to be around town doing a bunch of charity stuff here throughout the summer. He's also a free agent in in the NBA. And we'll, we'll talk to George about a plethora of basketball topics. It's always interesting and entertaining when you get George Niang on the program. It's a busy summer for all those former guys, not just Niang, Monte Morris, Nazmi Truong. All coming back here. Yeah, the, the they are all coming back here. Most of those guys are playing in the summer league too, as it tipped off actually last night. Uh, Jared Stansbury did a good job for us in um, compiling a, a schedule when all of these guys are going to be playing. Uh, we want to just we can let's run through yeah, that real yeah. quick. I think the audience would be interested to to hear about that. So George will actually be in action beside Nazmi Long tonight. Yeah, he played last night too. Oh, he I did play it, last night. I think it night. was last night or the night before, but yeah, had a really good game. Um, it's on the court with uh, Grayson Allen there at the same time. Yeah, those so. guys will be tonight if you want to watch Naz and George play together. They had eight o'clock tip on NBA TV. Yeah, they play against each other in the G League. They played together. T- together, yeah, that's right. Actually, yeah, but I think did they. At one point, did they play against each other? No, I'm thinking about George and Monte Morris. But yeah, yeah. they were on the same team. It was funny when um, Utah's uh, G League team came back here. I talked to to Naz about that. The, what a weird situation that was where Naz was up there and got replaced by George on the roster. Remember that? Yes, I do. What are the chances of something like that? But. It's kind of a cutthroat business, unfortunately. Yeah, that sums it up perfectly. <laughs> where and and I mean, man, uh, it was interesting talking to Naz about all that. Where he was just like, "Hey, I get that aspect. There's nobody I would rather get replaced more than by George because one, he wanted to see his buddy get another shot, and two, he knew if anybody was going to, you know, take advantage of that roster spot and try and make the most of it, it was going to be Niang. Yeah. So those guys. Tonight, if you want to watch them, they'll be playing Set the DVR. They'll also be on Thursday, 8 o'clock, both nights on NBA TV. You'll have to check. I think that's 8 o'clock Central. Um, I'm almost positive that it is. And then on Friday, Deontay Burton is signed with the Oklahoma City Thunder Yeah, for the Summer League. Uh, they play at 4.30 in the afternoon on Friday on ESPNU. And then Monte Morris and the Denver Nuggets, they play at 10 o'clock on um, NBA TV, 10 o'clock on, on Friday night. So that's, yeah. that's basically what's going on with the, with the early portion of the Summer League. And those are, those are both pretty important games for both those guys. I mean, the Summer League is really big for both those guys because, one, Deontay Burton's trying to, to, to get into the NBA. 
And then, too, Monte Morris trying to stay in the NBA, get that yeah. backup point guard role. And he talked on the show with us the, the other week just about how important it is for him to showcase shooting, scoring, being able to run and lead a team. You saw that at points at the end of last season when they brought him up and kind of threw him into the deep end. He got a couple of call-ups last year. One time was just kind of, I think, kind of a reward. Like, hey, you're playing well in the G-League. Come up, yeah. see what it's all about. Get acclimated, get the experience, and just kind of show them, you know, for the team to show him, like, hey, we like you, we have a future, we kind of want to give you a reward. Then that that last time they came up, really gave him the keys to the offense for a little bit to see what he could do, and made the most of it. Where Deontay Burden, I mean, he was he was killing it in Korea. I think, yeah, he was the MVP. I feel like in Burton, the Korean. League. I do feel like Burton has a NBA run in him. I mean, just the versatility that he has and all the different things. I mean, now that's what NBA teams are looking for is versatility. The league has gone in his direction. It's evolved so much where it benefits guys like him and Niang. Niang can stick around for for a long, long time um, because he can do so much things and – um, you know, they, they're they looking for point guards that can do uh, so much more than just facilitate. They're looking for guys that can do more than just shoot. They're looking for post guys that can do more than just post up. And what can't Deontay Burton do? I mean, the only thing that Deontay's got going against him is was his defense back in the day, and he, yeah. he's, he's gotten significantly better at that. He's... He's undersized. I mean, he's still a positionless guy in the yep. NBA, but as you noted, that's so much less significant than it was even five years ago. Yeah, especially when you're sitting at the end of the bench, too. That's something that teams really yeah. really want. You you can be a swing guy. Yeah, he has the rest of his body other than height. I mean, it's clearly an NBA body. Yeah. I it's, hope that he gets a shot, and I feel like that's a franchise that makes sense for him. Yeah, it's a good fit for him, but... He's really gonna have to make the most of the the time in the summer league if he's if he's gonna latch on. Either way, no matter what, he's gonna be playing basketball for a long time because if if he doesn't stay in the states, he's gonna be able to go overseas and make a ton of money. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Um, did I? So Matt Thomas, he's not playing. Have you seen anything on him? I haven't him? seen anything about Matt yeah, Thomas. I think he really enjoys playing overseas in Europe. He's it's, probably making a ton of money. Just trying to think of some other guys that when when the second round of the summer league and guys who wouldn't who you wouldn't expect. I would guess has Donovan Jackson caught on? I haven't seen anything like that. I haven't seen where he's caught on, but I know he's gotten a ton of tryouts and yeah. gotten looks from the Bulls to even uh, Utah. I think he worked out in L.A. too. I mean, he's been everywhere. I mean. The thing is, when he goes into a tryout, if he's shooting it well, he's really going to turn some heads. But talk about talk about a guy that could be a streaky shooter. His size has got to be a concern. Um, that's more of a specialty guy. I mean, we were talking about guys like Burton and Niang who are versatile and can do so much. The skill set with Donovan Jackson is just a little bit more limited where – He's probably going to go overseas and make some money. I don't even know. I mean, it, that's going to be interesting to see. If if he played in the G League, he may be coming off the bench there too. So I'm looking forward to, as we can move this just a little bit, I'm really looking forward to this, the tournament, the basketball tournament this yeah. year in the, the Hilton Magic Legends. 
because that they've put roster together, is stacked. They've put together a fun roster. Yeah. I mean, Burton, I would assume Burton's still going to play because they don't play. The Hilton Magic Legends don't play until like July 23rd, I think is when they have their first game. Can you his imagine? summer league will be over by then. Can you imagine a team being like, yeah, you can't play on the Hilton Magic Legends? No, it wouldn't be that. I would just say like if he had a shot at um, the NBA Summer League playoffs are from the 11th through the 16th in Vegas. Yeah. So that wouldn't really impact TBT. And listen to this roster. Like this is this is a fun roster. Royce White, Curtis Stinson. I'm going off of their website, by the way, and I'm sure some fans follow this closer than I do. I saw Stinson the other night. He was at opening night of Cap City, chilling in the stands with his kid. Did you talk to him? Did you ask him about the tournament? No, he was with his kid. And, you know, oh, okay. I figure I'd catch up. I mean, man, I want Curtis. That is such a fascinating career when you look back on. I covered um, Mark Emmer and I covered the you know all those games. The year he won the MVP in the G League, what was the? Oh yeah, League. yeah. And he could do it all. I mean, he could. His his shot was a little off. I, I mean, but he improved on that. Defense was probably a little bit of a question mark. But he could facilitate. He could lead the team. And I think Curtis also his tenacity and enthusiasm probably got the best of him on the court at times. I mean, he. Oh, I yeah. think he may have led the G League, the D League, the whatever. It's the you G know. League. Yeah, we'll call it the G League now. He led the, the G Gatorade League. League. He led the league. I think I don't know if it's a hundred percent true, but he had to have been really close. To leading the league in technicals. Oh, really? Too. I mean, I, man, I didn't he, know that. I I have got some really good stories that I I just language wise can't even say on that's, the air. Just from fantastic. Um, just him interacting with um, opposing players, opposing coaches, and even Iowa Energy fans. The this is who else they have listed on their roster: Bubu Palo, uh, who's been in the G League. For a long time. Had a really good career in the league, too. Yeah. Uh, Jameel McKay is coming up from Australia to play. Uh, Tyrus McGee, who's had a great career in Europe. Another guy who's just made a killing over there, Jared Homan, my all-time favorite Cyclone, is playing in TBT. And I can't wait to watch Homan drop some dude. How how old is Homan now? I don't know. He's got to be like 30. Well, he's got to be around... A couple years older than me, thirty five, thirty six. I, I would guess he's right in that that realm. Yeah, he play. He was playing overseas for a long, long time and making some really good money. Oh, he made Who a else? killing over Is there. Is that no? There's more, right? No, we got more. Um, we've got Daryl Bowie. <laughs> um, Marcus Pfizer's the coach. Deontay Garrett's playing this year, and that's all we got right now. Deontay I, Garrett's still playing though, right? Yeah, he's somewhere he's playing in Europe. I mean, he he got some time in the NBA too. I mean, that's I mean that's a guy who, man, I you know whenever I think about Deontay Garrett, I think you know it's so weird when you think back to his senior year, then his first year out, Iowa State had this really good point guard, but didn't have a lot of talent around him. I mean, that was that was Fred's first year where Deontay needed a ton of help. Then you think about year two with Fred. 
And what we kept saying, like, man, that team needs a point guard in the worst way, a real big facilitator. And to think about what that that second-year team could have done even more with Deontay Garrett would have been insane to see. So the Hilton Magic Legends will play, if you're interested in that, it's actually Saturday, July 21st. Does is when they play. Does Pfizer call plays? Does he run offense? Because I just envision this it's a great being, question, Tommy. I just envision that this being like capital city, like yeah, I, w- I would. Um, I everybody's would envi- trying to get their own. I would envision that it's a lot like that. I can't imagine there's a lot of practice that goes into these games leading may not, up. May not even be any. I was told last year by some fans that went. And I'm not going to drop any names here, but there were there was a, a specific player out drinking with the fans the night before. The night before. Yeah. I mean, I could probably guess. It was 940 tip for that. They're a three seed. This is fantastic. I, I want to know what it, the... This thing's full of like my favorite players, though. Would, I want to know what the, the other team's rosters look like. Well, I can tell you. So they're playing Illinois... BC. I mean, are they gonna face like a team that has like Morris Peterson and Mateen Cleves and Khalid Elamine stuff? You know, guys like that. I remember last year they played Kansas State's team in the second round, and like Jacob Poland played for oh, them and, and guys like that. So this team they're playing right now, it's called Illinois BC, and I'm going through. Right now, and I, I don't recognize any of these guys. Clones will beat that team by 40. See, I bet our, our sports editor, Zach Craiglow, who knows everything about Illinois sports, probably knows who all those cats are. Probably. Yeah, he Craiglow is big on the <laughs> Illinois stuff if you follow him on Twitter. Hold on. Let, let's, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to look up this Cincinnati team real quick. Well, because they've, they are like the, the top seed. Yeah. I just want to see... You if said Iowa State's a Iowa three State's a seed? three seed in their division. Uh, Marvin Gentry, I remember him. Yeah, they got a bunch of they got a bunch of dudes who. I mean, they're they're not household names. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on it. I'm going to cover it for Cyclone Fanatic. I'm going to write about it and watch those games. Where's it at though? Columbus, a, Ohio. Should go out there. I Rob actually Gray, I looked into. Sending somebody, but it just—it's not feasible. Rob could do like he could be caught up on like three years of where are they nows if he went out there, <laughs> and he could just write them all in advance and not. Yeah, yeah. jeez, yeah. I that if you like street ball, if you like the, I like watching the FS1 like three on three thing when they do that. That's fun for me. Uh, if you like that type of basketball, you'll you enjoy know, this. The the one player when you were kind of going through the list, the one player I was hoping you would mention was Mike Taylor. Oh yeah, he seems like he'd be perfect. He would. He would um, really. Or can you imagine putting Mike Taylor and Tyrus McGee on the same team? <laughs> Nobody else would ever get a shot off. Yeah, Mike Taylor is so talented though. He had a he had a cup of coffee in the NBA. He yeah, had more than he that. Had, he had breakfast there. He had a huge game at Madison Square Garden too, where he really? went off um, in the NBA. In the NBA, wow, yeah, huge game. Blast I mean, from the past. Get old Mikey T. Mike T. All right, um, we're gonna try and catch up with George Niang when we come back, and um, we're gonna start to talk some football as well.
Actually, Big 12 football media days are in two weeks, so the offseason is almost over for college football. We'll be back with more Cyclone Insider right after this here on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back to Cyclone Insider here with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Randy Peterson off this week. He's up in Okaboji. Uh, does Peterson, does he have a place there? Or I'm not just, sure. Did he just like go there and hang out a lot? I think, I don't know for sure. All I know is he's never invited me. Yeah, I doubt that that invite's ever going to come. He did send flowers to our house when we moved in. Peterson sent you flowers? Yeah. I think it was for my fiance, probably not for me. Interesting. Yeah. That was nice of him. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm still at a loss for words. I didn't expect Pete to be sending you flowers. I know. Yeah. So Pete and Ross got in a fight last week. About Chase Allen. I'm guessing I Ro- it had. I, I heard Ross's side of the story. I didn't listen to the show. <laughs> Ross told me the next day his side of the story. You tell me what happened. Okay. I want to hear what you thought of it, and then I'll make my final judgment. So there's been a lot of hype, a lot of excitement about Chase Allen ever since he committed to Iowa State. Ended up redshirting his freshman year, then had a good season last year. But it seems like every year we've been talking about Chase Allen, the Mm -hmm. idea is like, okay, Chase Allen's going to play an important role on Iowa State's offense this year. Okay. Um and then I think in in Ross's mind, uh, he, he, when Randy started talking about what Chase Allen could do this year, Ross kind of was like, "Okay, I've I've drank the Chase Allen Kool Aid before. I heard he was going to play this this big part in the offense, and okay. he only caught four balls last season." Randy kind of countered like, "Okay, yeah, he only caught four balls, but he played a much more." important role on Iowa State's offense that you don't just see with ball catching and came with blocking. Okay. Um all that type of stuff. I see both sides of the argument. I understand like okay, hey, I think everybody kind of looks at the tight ends like okay, we're going to judge your productivity by how many balls you catch and that yeah. should be a big deal. That should be a big part of how you're evaluating the tight ends. But there is other things that go into it. It's no different than a running back. You don't just measure David Montgomery's worth by how many yards he gets and how many touchdowns he scores. But on the flip side, you do a great amount of that measurement comes from both those statistics, yards, touchdowns, um, stuff like that. So I like I said, I understand both sides of the argument, but so, you also measure somebody like David Montgomery in terms of blocking, ball catching, other stuff, stuff like that. So my Peterson was blowing up your Peterson because he thought he was overhyping the kid. Yeah, and I kind of sat, you know, in in both lanes because I understand. Yeah, I their, see both sides. Yeah, he he's going to be first or second team All Big Twelve preseason. And that's going to be an easy choice because, look, one, there aren't that many tight ends yeah, well, around the, the Big 12. That's the thing. And I, I, I'm sorry. Like, 
him being labeled second team All Big Twelve last year. I mean, I, the the young man had a good freshman year, and he he's put on weight, and and I I, I expect great things from him too. Good kid, good family, hard worker, all that stuff. But there's not many Big Twelve tight ends. Yeah, you I have mean, to put somebody on that team. Yeah, and he probably was the most productive tight end in the group. But it's like you said, there just aren't that many tight ends. But also, you know, Randy's argument too was, look, Iowa State didn't have to throw to him that much. They had a plethora of wide receivers from, you know, uh, Marchie Murdoch, Alan Lazard, Trevor Ryan, um, Akeem Butler. But now you look at going into next season, four of Iowa State's top five receivers from a year ago are gone. Mm -hmm. They're going to have more opportunities for tight ends to catch the ball. That's where Chase Allen's productivity probably comes into play of having more of a, a serious role in the offense. Plus, I think I kind of look at it from the scenario that this has kind of been this imperfect storm when it comes to Chase Allen's career yeah. so far where, okay, um, not only are you talking about, hey, he's got a ton of wide receivers that are taking catches away from the tight ends. But also, Chase Allen's probably a year behind everybody else because of everything he went through. You talk about... Yeah, he got, like, didn't he get... He got hit by, hit a, by car. a car. Yeah, yeah. He got hit by a car, had the mumps, um, That's in and horrible. out of the hospital a few different times. His redshirt season was a total wash. I mean, I think everybody... You kind of look at Zeb Nolan, the argument for him that, hey, he's probably a little bit behind the curve because... His freshman year, which should have been a redshirt year, just all learning, all developing, um, all about getting ready for next season was mostly about rehabbing, getting into shape, and then just getting your body ready for that freshman season. What, you know, that redshirt freshman season, the same could kind of be said about, you know, Chase, you know, Chase Allen, where, um, you know, he had to get his body ready, get his body into shape, got get it rehabbed and ready. Where you know he lost a ton of weight. Now we're starting to see um, just the type of guy he can be. He checks in, I think now at six foot seven, two hundred and forty pounds. That's a pretty big dude. That's going to be a big target that Iowa State's going to utilize next season. Would you rather have the mumps or get hit by a car? Or what be Sam Richardson and get hit on a moped. Well, Chase Allen was on a moped, I believe. I think they were both no, on mopeds. No, no, Chase Allen. I think Chase Allen was walking across the street. What I do you remember, remember about the Sam Richardson moped incident? I remember being lied to about it <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's a really good direction for us we, to go here while we're talking football. We gave Sam a major out, and I think. You know, because it, it's it, it was one Everybody of those. Everybody lied to us about that one. Yeah, and hey, I give Sam a little credit for the idea that hey, on two different parts here. One, it sounded like a very sensitive injury that yeah, I yeah. probably would not feel the greatest about talking about. And two, I think it was he, his groin, right? Yes. Yeah. You get that puppy stitched up. And it wasn't fun for anyone. No, and I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about it. And two, I I really think Sam probably didn't want it to come across as an excuse for either why the team was playing badly 
or why he was playing poorly. So the Big Ten has actually um, put out a deal for the NCAA to consider having injury reports for college football now. And it stems with the Supreme Court ruling on gambling. The Big Ten is a believer, and many of these coaches are believers, that all the posturing with injuries and stuff in the sport, and that's a the gamesmanship when it comes to injuries is it's absurdly high in in the sport of college football. You have to take anything these guys say in game week with a grain of salt. We have no idea. I I clearly we are biased because of our jobs as reporters. We want them to quit lying to us. Um. So I assume you would be in favor of this as well. Absolutely, but I want to know how detailed these reports are going to be. Is it kind of going to be like the NFL where you have Bill Belichick who's pretty much putting everybody on an injury list and saying this guy's thinged up and it could be that you know he chewed off his nail a little too far? I mean, are we going to get actual reports about, hey, um, you know, Chase Allen got struck by a car. He's got over a hundred stitches in his back, so he's probably not playing week one. You know, or are we yeah, gonna just I don't, it's a great question. Because, you know, here's where I come from when it comes to college football coaches and injuries. Or just any topic in general. I assume every coach is lying to me all the time until I've been proven otherwise. Every coach when has... It, when it comes to injuries? Yeah. Absolutely. I assume they are always lying to me, and if I get the truth, that's kind of gravy. It's kind of a bonus. Yeah. And <laughs> I you know, I don't take it personal. No, they I, all I do would, it. I would prefer you tell me the truth, but I understand where you're coming from, and I think if I'm a fan, I'm more pissed off. Well, and the, the other tales, the, the other sure sign that that something's going on is when the assistants or the coordinators will direct you to the head coach. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm cause, tr- cause it, there, I probably shouldn't be giving a tip away because I know some of the Cyclone guys will listen to this. But generally when you tell us on like Tuesday nights when the coordinators are there, yeah. oh, Coach oh, Campbell yeah. will address the – oh, okay, so he is hurt. Yeah. Because if you ask and the guy's not hurt, he'll be, oh, oh, he practiced today. He's fine. He looked good. He was out running sprints. I mean, it, we heard it. Yeah. I, I think then they'll it was, direct you to the head coach, and you know you got a problem. I think it was Kamari Kanmoya who, whenever he was hurt, you know, we'd always get Paul Rhodes on Mondays. Sometimes he would slip over on Tuesdays. But then when we would talk to him on Wednesday, and, I mean, I guess Kamari Kanmoya was around for Matt Campbell too. But we would always ask either Haycock or Wally Burnham, about how Kamari Kamoya is doing. If he was doing well, they would say, oh, yeah, yep, he was out of practice. Out of practice, look good, doing this, doing that. And if he really wasn't doing well, they would say, oh, yeah, ask ask, ask that coach tomorrow. Sometimes they would just lie to us too. Well, and then it goes as far as the gamesmanship continues on Saturday, is they'll put a guy through warm-ups just to like fake out the media and the other team. Yeah. I mean, it has nothing to do with faking out the media, but they know once the media gets on it, then the other team. I just think that so many coaches are so, they're just such paranoid individuals. I mean, look in at, general, just across the board. 
there was legitimate gamesmanship where Iowa State wanted the Jacob Park story to you know by but when Jacob Park did not make the trip to Oklahoma. Yeah. That story wanted I you know it it was out there a long time before we reported it. There were I wouldn't even say whispers. It was being shouted by everybody. And there was from my understanding, legitimate gamesmanship where I think Campbell and his staff were thinking, okay, our one biggest benefit when it comes to this game, you look up and down, if you did offense, defense, special teams, everything kind of compared Iowa State to Oklahoma, you would have checked off the box everywhere for Oklahoma to win that game. The one big thing Iowa State probably had going into it was possibly the element of surprise and the idea that Jacob Park might not be playing that game. And it's not the fact that, not only the fact of, hey, you have no time to prepare for a guy like Kyle Kemp, but also I got to imagine they're probably banking on the idea that Oklahoma is thinking the second Jacob Park doesn't come trying onto the field and this senior walk-on comes yeah. thrown out there thinking we're fine we can let off the pedal this is not going to be a problem so you you are in favor absolutely yeah i mean i want to know everything that's going on and i think i mean f- fans are going to want to too i mean if david montgomery is not playing um against texas that's going to swing how you on if you bet on that game or not right yeah and i I think that that and i I wasn't i i would guess that that's a big reason why the nfl does what it does because it's such a heavy gambling league yeah how big it's all about the the integrity of the sport how big would the line i mean we saw the line kind of fluctuate at the end of last year when david montgomery was probable hurt, you know, everything at the end of last season. I would say he's worth two, two and a half points. At least. Yeah. Maybe more. Especially on last year's team was as bad as the line was. Yeah. Early on, I mean that's that would be a huge part of it. Think even like the Iowa game. Think like about, all the tackles he broke in that game, like to keep them I mean, we go back to the Oklahoma game. They took that game off the board, didn't they? Eventually, it, it closed. Iowa State closed that game as like a thirty-one or a twenty-nine, thirty-point underdog. But I think as late as Friday, like afternoon or night, didn't he? Oh, it, taken? yeah, it was off. It came back on. It came. They back were on. they were over a four touchdown underdog. Yeah, once the news really came out that Jacob Park wasn't going to be playing. Do you remember Kemp's first few passes? Yeah, I was like, I, I, oh, I legitimately no. thought everything you hope, not hoped, everything that you um, anticipated for that game is how it transpired early on. And the way Oklahoma just marched down the field oh. and scored with absolutely no problem, my legitimate thought was I was like, oh, my God, they, they could put up 80 if they want. This is going to be Iowa State at Baylor. Uh, three four years ago. That's that the thrashing. Try doing that post game show. I yeah. I never forget sitting right here in this chair, Jack Woodford. 
and then they return that that kickoff at the end. <laughs> yeah. Iowa State had just scored, I think. Yeah. To like lessen the bleeding just a smidge, and then Baylor housed the next kickoff. I liked uh, uh, I liked your guys' podcast with Paul Rhodes. Oh, did you like that? It's good. You know, what did you I, think about that? You know, I think Paul Paul's definitely changed. Um, kind of, I think from the sounds of it, and from the times I've talked with him, um, just his his mood about Iowa State. You know, I think he he definitely has more reflection now, where he realizes, hey, I could have done this better. Yeah. There were a lot of things I could have done better. I think when it first ended, maybe the first thought was, this is wrong. This is not me. Yeah, I this think is there wrong. is a lot of defensiveness there, yeah. which is totally natural. Where now I think that there is some reflection and maybe some some thought that hey, I could have done a lot of things better. Also, the probably the biggest takeaway that I thought was that you know hey he still does want to be a head coach and I really he has to be one. Basically. Yeah, where I th- I think he said he still got that kind of a sour taste left in his mouth. Somebody's gonna give him a shot. From my understanding too. He's had some opportunities, but the thing Paul Rhodes has got to probably realize is, hey, he's not walking into a Big Ten or Big Twelve or SEC job. No, it'll he's be gonna a Sun to, Belt. He's gonna Mac. have to go back to the trenches a little bit, but he does seem like he really enjoys the idea of just actual coaching. You know, being a position coach. Or coordinator. I mean, I remember that too when he was coaching at Iowa State, and I think Shane Burnham had to leave a practice for you know a child being born. I think Paul took over. I think the the defensive line for the day, and it was the happiest, one of the happiest we had seen Paul over those last two or three years after a practice. Yeah, he likes getting his fingers dirty. Yeah, so. He'll be a head coach somewhere. I, I think. hope so. We thought that about. Well, McCartney did get one. Yeah, he went to North Texas. I and, forgot about you know, that. You know, Mac had some success there. Yeah, I mean, it ended very, game. ended very, very badly for him. Didn't he win a bowl game? I think so. Yeah, because I remember watching him in the, uh, watching him and cheering for his team, but then hearing his post game, I'm like, wow, he Mac hasn't changed a bit. He definitely reignited that fan base, or maybe ignited it to an excitement level that. Hadn't been there before. Likeable guy. I mean, the guy the guy can sell, too. Yeah, check that out if you want. Um, Dan Holm from Ankeny Fanatic went up and... Um, he was in his boat or at, went at up his to lake his, house. Right? Yeah, went up to his lake house in Clear Lake, and Stansbury produced it. And, yeah, it's, it's a really good interview, and Dan asked some really good questions, too. Like, pressed him on some, you know, like, just NFL, the... P- political stuff I, I thought it was really insightful I, I like too where um you know he was asking about the end of Arkansas and he you know Paul said yeah we saw it coming we we knew we were getting fired yeah, yeah we, we knew it immediately and <laughs> just the awkwardness of him transitioning over into um into that interim head coach but the statement that that stood with me for that too were was where he admitted just the awkwardness of taking that role but understood the importance of it because he thought, hey, I've got a chance to, you know, somebody's got to be able to help out the kids during this time of transition and really kind of put things on the back burner to make sure some of his players they knew were going to be former players of his 
would still end up being okay. And I think that kind of epitomizes Paul Rhodes, too. Yeah, that's well put. He's a really caring guy, really caring coach. I think his players loved him. And that's why you saw that outpouring of, of um, you know, sentiment when he left. I mean, it wasn't just fans that loved him. That's well put. Um, yeah, to go check out that that interview with Dan and, and Paul Rhodes if you guys are bored over the holiday. All right, um, we got to take a timeout. We will wrap up the final segment of Cyclone Insider when we come back here on fourteen sixty KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mix Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Um, we got Cyclone Insider wrapping things up here on 1460 KXNO. Tommy, um, Principal Park, is that where you're hanging out over the holiday? or uh... No, it's the the final game of the homestand tonight, so they hit the road. Okay. And I, I was going to tell you this. You're a big Tim Tebow guy. Huge. Huge Tebow I guy. I think if uh, if you play your cards right, you could see Tim Tebow at Principal Park this year. The uh, Mets' AAA team comes to Principal Park at the start of August. Tim Tebow's tearing it up in A right now. I think by the end of the year... Let's see. Their home series. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Las Vegas comes to town August 4th through the 7th. I think Tim Tebow will be in AAA by then. And My they would God, be coming would be, to Principal Park. That would be so amazing. Yeah. Just watch all the haters. <laughs> Just watch all the haters squirm. It's amazing how much people hate Tim Tebow. Drives me incre- It drives me incredibly crazy. When you bring religion into anything... And yeah. Tim, Tim Tebow brings religion into everything, or not a specific faith. Tebow doesn't thing. rub it in your face either. No. I don't think he does. No. But he, you, when you watch most interviews, faith, some kind of belief in any higher power will typically come up. And it's nothing in your face, but I think that is what really pisses people off. And I'll tell you what, there are a lot of baseball players in minor league clubhouses, a lot of guys that I've come across that don't like that Tim Tebow's playing pro baseball right now. They Why? think he's been handed this opportunity. Well, he's, but he's producing. He is now. Yeah, but I think there, it just rubs so many guys the wrong way. Where it's a shame that those guys can't draw. Thousands of fans everywhere they go. Are they, I know. That's, it, are they potentially jealous? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of the same way when Jeff Samarja was coming up through the minor league system with the Iowa Cubs. You look at Jeff Samarja, part of the reason why the Cubs just rapidly rose him through the minor leagues, they were scared he was going to go play football again. He had an incredible amount of leverage to be able to say, you guys need to push me up through the minor leagues. He wasn't ready in a lot of people's minds to be up in Des Moines by the time he got there. And there were some people that didn't like that, some other players. Hmm. Well, it doesn't surprise me that guys feel that way, but life isn't fair. In any any industry, it's not fair. And 
sure production has a lot to do with it, but so does money. And Tim Tebow brings money, and now he's actually producing. So yeah, he'll be in a big uniform at some point. I think he will be too. Um, real quick, we have about a minute to do this. Iowa State has been really killing it on the recruiting trail. Yeah, the big one to me is the running back Brees Hall. Yeah, he's I mean a that's. Stud. I mean, once again, all these late commitments are pretty much the same story, but different guy where Iowa State latched on early, offered early, continued on with attention, and then when all the heavy hitters had already come in, by the time they came in, Iowa State had already been in the room, developed a relationship, and, and Hall's one of them. I mean, he's, he's a good guy with, I think, six foot two, 200 pounds. Offers from Tennessee, TCU, Nebraska, K-State, Missouri, Rutgers, and Michigan. But by the time they all came into the picture, Matt Campbell had already built that relationship with him. Good stuff, Tommy. We will um, we'll be back next week, and then you know things really start to pick up. Yeah, the, Big 12 Media Day is coming up. Yeah, and Baby Birch will be here soon, too. I hope so. I'm ready. What's well, the date? What's the July twenty sixth? Oh, I mean, I could. I I want it to be that day, July twenty sixth, so Why? I can have every last day to to be mentally oh. and physically you'll ready. Be, you'll be fine. Yeah. All right. He's Tommy Birch. I'm Chris Williams. Thanks for listening to this week's installment of Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register here on fourteen sixty KXN.